And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. Praise God. This morning, I want to, I want to move to Acts chapter 6. But before I move to Acts chapter 6, I do want to do a quick review of Acts chapter 5. Many of you are aware that we are going through the book of Acts. That's our curriculum. Amen. We started on Acts chapter 1. Now we're in Acts chapter 6. And until the Lord says otherwise. Amen. We're going to stay with the curriculum. We believe God has us here for a particular reason. There is a lot to learn in the book of Acts with respect to church growth, church organization. Amen. Serving one another, which is so important in the gospel. Praise God. I will read our text before I review chapter 5. Our text is taken from Acts chapter 6. Let's read from verse 1 to 6. Acts chapter 6 verse 1 to 6. Verse 1 reads. Let's read. I will read and then you'll read. I'll read verse 1. You'll read verse 2. Is that alright? I'm doing that. Maybe, maybe some of you are busy for the weekend. You haven't gotten your read. Amen. You're reading. So glory be to Jesus. It says, and in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied... There arose a murmuring of the Grecian against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Verse 2 is yours. Amen. Verse 3 read. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you. Seven men of honest report full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom whom we may appoint over this business. Let me just say that quickly before you move to verse 4. It says, Wherefore, brethren, look you out among you seven men. Amen. Seven men of honest report. And I will also talk about the inclusion of women. Are you with me, saints? There are many churches, religion, who use the Bible to teach against women in the pulpit. I'm going to use the same Bible. To teach about women in the pulpit. Is that alright? Today might not be the Sunday for that. But we will get into it. You don't want to miss it. Praise God. Verse 3 I think is yours. Oh, oh verse 4. Sorry. Oh what a blessing. Verse 5. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. And they chose a Stephen. A man full of faith. And of the Holy Ghost. Look at the criteria. Amen. The criteria is first given for people to serve in the church. Verse 4, verse 3, we are introduced to the, um, the criteria. And the first criteria is men of honest report. Second, full of the Holy Ghost. And the third one, full of wisdom. Are you with me? Glory. Whom we may appoint, not the church elects. Are you getting, notice what the Bible is saying. Whom we may appoint, not that the church elects. Amen. So they got these seven men. These men were not called into the ministry to preach. But nevertheless, hands were laid on them to serve in the pantry. Because everything about church is service. Everything about church to do properly, you must be empowered by God. I, the church is not a business in corporate America. Are you with me, saints? It is an entity that has to depend on God's word. And we cannot allow the culture to come in. Are you with me, saints? And rob the purity of the church. 
As I said, this is a wonderful chapter. We are going to have fun with it. Amen? In Acts chapter 5, that feels much better. Praise God. Amen. Just excuse us. This is, this is not usual. Amen? Amen. As you can see here in, in Acts chapter 6, as the church grows, amen, it comes with its own problems. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's a sign of growth. Glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. So in Acts chapter 5, before we get to Acts chapter 6, Acts chapter 5, if you remembered, we were introduced with a couple, Ananias and Sapphira. They sold land, sorry about that, and claimed to give the entire proceed to the church, but they did not. And so God corrected that. Amen. Brothers and sisters, the lesson to take away from Acts chapter 5 with that of Ananias and Sapphira is motive is everything. Are you with me? The Bible says God looks on the heart. You and I may look on the outward appearance. I think that's 1 Samuel chapter 16 verse 7. When Samuel looked at, uh, at, at David's brother, David's brother came and walked before Samuel. He had a wonderful robe and he swung his robe in presence of Samuel. And Samuel says, this is the man. And God said, no, this is not the man. For God does not look on the outward appearance, but he looks on the heart. Yeah. And so the lesson here is God looks on the heart. Amen. The Holy Spirit knows everything. Motive is everything. Amen. Amen. Glory be to Jesus. And then we saw also in Acts chapter 5, the apostles, they were imprisoned. They were beaten and were expressly forbidden not to talk about the not to talk in the name of Jesus Christ. Since there is something about the name of Jesus the devil is afraid of. That is why you and I, we have to continue. Amen. We have to continue to speak in the name of Jesus. Don't you take that world out there on your own. We've got help. Are you with me since? we got help and that's the name of Jesus. You talk to yourself and use the name of Jesus. You talk to situations and use the name of Jesus. Are you with me since? You do not stay quiet. The Bible says in Psalms 107 verse 2, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You got to say something. Send situations are speaking at you. Sickness and disease are speaking up. Lack speaking at us. Not speaking, shouting at us. You got to say something. And if it has a name, the name of Jesus is above it. Don't you face that world on your own? Lean not on your own understanding. You talk to your kids in the name of Jesus. Are you with me? I think my mom took it too far. She would say, sit down in the name of Jesus. No, I do not need the name of Jesus to sit down. Her voice alone <laughs> was enough. <laughs> uh, but when you learn to lean on that name and you've had experience with that name, you know that there is no other like the lowly Jesus. Oh, glory be to Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. And so they were forbidden not to speak in that name because they were afraid of that name. Hmm? But the apostle said, we rather obey God than men. We got a commandment from God. And God is above men. God is above the government. And so we are going to be obey God and not men. So we are going to continue preaching the good news. Lesson learned here is we should not let others try to intimidate us when sharing the gospel. Not even spiritual leaders. Do not be intimidated. Are you with me? Don't, I didn't say do it disrespectfully. Amen. 
First Peter 3.15 said, Sanctify yourself. Set yourself apart. Get yourself prepared. Get yourself trained. Why? Because you need to be able to give a defense for the hope that lies in you. Are you with me? You should be able to give a defense of Christianity. That is why we are told to sanctify yourself. Amen. If you don't do the first part, you are not able to do the second part. What do you do? Sanctify yourself. Set yourself apart to learn and grow. Are you with me? Learn and grow. Study the word. Know God's word so you can handle it properly. Brothers and sisters, handling God's word is not only for preachers and teachers. It's not only for those who stand on a pulpit on Sunday morning. It is for every Christian. We are all called. Just like the body. Look at my body. Look at your body. All the parts are called to do a certain function. All the parts are anointed to do a certain function. Being on the pulpit is a miniature. Just a minuscule part of being called. Oh God we give you praise. Thank you, Lord. Let me move on rather quickly. We got a lot to do in Acts chapter 6. And so we said, when God is in the work, no one can stop it. Not even our enemies. And God used Gamaliel. The Bible referred to him as a doctor of the law. Hard in reputation among the people. Amen. Whom God used to deliver the apostles from being murdered by the Sanhedrin. Brothers and sisters, the Bible says, Proverbs chapter 23, verse 1. The king's heart. The king's heart is in the hands of the Lord. The king here is a metaphor for supervisors, leaders. Their hearts are where? In the hands of the Lord like the rivers of waters. And he can turn their hearts in whatsoever this direction he wants to. Are you with me? Oh, I was reading Psalms 23. Part of my devotion this week and I've never seen that. It says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and there that dwell therein. Verse 2 says, this, this is what God means. It says, for he established the world upon the seas and he founded the world upon the floods. God has the world foundationed in water. Now you can be my God if you do that. Lord have mercy. Oh, God can have the world foundationed in water. What about the hearts of men and women? He can turn it in whatsoever desire. What you got to do is pray so God can turn hearts. Don't get mad and walk away and lose your influence. If they fight you, they fight God. Oh God, we give you praise. Later on in the chapter, we saw that the disciples, I'm just reviewing and I'm almost done. They were abused and beaten by the Sanhedrin. Twelve men beaten just because they preached in the name of Jesus. And they didn't get mad. They left rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And last week we concluded that they made persecution their vitamin. Mm, what did they do? They made persecution their vitamin. Sometimes when you've gotten, when you've had your, when you've had your encounter with God, some things just doesn't matter. Because you realize your fight is not with a human being. It's not with a two-legged creature. Your fight is with the devil. Are you with me saying, so beating me doesn't matter. You cannot touch me. The real me is a spirit. Oh, glory be to Jesus. And I've met the one who owns the spirits. Oh, hallelujah. 
And so a little bit it doesn't matter. Then we are introduced to verse chapter 6. <laughs> oh, glory be to God. Chapter 6, it reads verse 1. And in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews. Because this is the reason why they murmured. Because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. In the daily supply of food. Amen. In those days. Which days? The verse tells us as it continues. Those days are the days when the number of the disciples multiplied. Amen. The word disciples here. Disciples here is used to by believers. The word multiplied here means increased. So in this day when the believers were increasing in number. The church was what? Increasing in number. And as you grow, the problems accompany growth. Development has its own social ills. The same thing for the church. Even you yourself, as you grow as a human being, you're going to come across different problems. Amen? Now what happened was the church, if you remember, the church in Jerusalem was growing rapidly. From the beginning of Acts and up to chapter 6, we have seen a great increase in the number of souls saved. I read Acts and I keep thanking God for that increase. Are you with me? I live in Christ. I breathe in Christ. I walk in Christ. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. We do not know for certain the size of the church in Jerusalem as far as the membership is concerned but it was estimated that it could have been as high as 14 to 18,000 people not the 120 Jesus who saw Jesus amen when he went to heaven the church has grown rapidly to about 18,000 and I said Lord I thank you for the 18,000 glory be to God amen if God can do it for them certainly he can do it for us because we are in the soul saving business it's called the business of the fathers and sons Hallelujah. Also, <laughs> oh, the church had grown well beyond the apostles' ability to keep up with the increasing workload. So, while this rapid growth was taking place, what happened as it was the Grecians began to against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Since, would you agree that when the churches grow, they start to take on new problems? They do. And that's just the way it is. I'm going to make a statement. It has nothing. Uh, um, I'm not indicting or accusing anybody. But I'll say this. Where there are people, there will be problems. Yeah. Where we are, there's going to be problems. That's just the way it is. Don't get frustrated. Don't get alarmed. Be prepared. Amen. Don't criticize. Amen. Be prepared. People are going to fall through the cracks. And when they fall through the cracks, they're going to express themselves. Amen. Don't take them on. They're just doing their best. So all some people know is to fight. Anyhow, let me move on. Let me. Let me, let me glory be to Jesus. Amen. Glory be to God. So, so what we do. Oh, glory be to Jesus. We continue to serve. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Amen. And so that's what was happening here since. You remember when Jabez prayed in 1 Chronicles chapter 4 verse 19. Jabez said, he said, he said, thank you so much. Jabez said, he said, Lord, I want you to bless me. Indeed. You remember when he prayed for increase. He said, God, please bless me and enlarge my coast. Give me influence. Increase me. Glory be to Jesus. And he also prayed. 
Notice what he said. He said, God increase me, increase my influence. And then he said, I am praying also that your hand might be with me. Are you with me, saints? In other words, keep empowering me and help me be flexible because at least problems are going to come. Are you with me? That's what he said. He said, keep your hands upon me. Yes. Glory be to Jesus. Keep it upon me, God. Don't you take your hands from me because problems are coming with the growth I'm asking for. I still need God's perspective when I grow. I still need to learn to lean on the everlasting arms when I grow. Are you with me, saints? Now, why keep your hands upon me? Because he said, I need to be kept from evil. Because growth has a way of changing you. All of a sudden, if you're not properly, if you're not properly foundationed, and I'm using that word, uh, if you don't have a proper foundation, growth can topple you over. And so he said, God, I need you to keep your hands on me because stupid is coming. And I don't want to behave stupid. Are you with It's coming. Tell your neighbor, the Grecians are coming. I think we should entitle that someone the Christians are coming. <laughs> tell, tell your neighbor the Christians are coming. Yes, they are. Yes, as we grow. Yeah. And it's just a part of life. Amen. Lord, I'm moving from a simple to a complex life. And my problems are going to move from simple problems to complex problems. And so now what do I, I need a system that's designed based on the word of God. Because I'm growing. A system, I think when I was out having to working for myself business. And they told us that S-Y-S-T-E-M, it's a system. And it means to save yourself time, energy, and money. If you haven't got a system, you're going to waste time. You're going to waste energy. And you're going to waste money. I need a system. I need me a system so I can save myself time, energy, and yes, 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 Lord. Money. It's going to come. The money is going to come. Are you with me? It's going to come. You need the energy. Amen. It's all resources from God. Glory be to Jesus. I just thought I would put that in there for free. Amen. And so a murmuring occurred, a complaint came. The Grecians against the Hebrews. Why? As I said, because they said their widows are neglected in the daily ministration. Now, let's stop here for a while and let me explain these groups of people. Who are the Grecians and who are the Hebrews? First of all, these are all Jews. The Grecians are Jews and the Hebrews are Jews. Even though it may sound different, they're all Jews. The commandment given in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 was, Jesus said to them, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in where? Jerusalem. They are still in Jerusalem. The church hasn't gone out. And they haven't started evangelizing Gentiles. Still Jews. 80,000 Jews. They're in Jerusalem. They haven't been to Judea. They haven't been to Samaria. And they haven't been to the uttermost parts of the world. Can you imagine when that happens? The kind of problems that's going to come? But now they're in Jerusalem. So up until then, only Jews in the church. Praise the Lord. Who are Grecians? Grecians, the word Grecian means a Greek-speaking Jew. According to strong concordance. A Greek-speaking Jew. Jews who had been scattered to other countries. And although they were now back in Judea, they spoke Greek as their first language and not Hebrew. So these are the Grecians. They left the city and they went to New York. 
Amen. And now they're coming back to Tallahassee. Praise the Lord. And they sound like New Yorkers. But they're Tallahassians because of the influence, the culture. Are you with me? Not only that, these Jews, they use the Septuagint. The Septuagint is the, is the Greek translation of the Old Testament. They don't use the Pentateuch. They use the Greek translation of the Pentateuch. And so the, the Hebrews now, the, the Palestinian Jews are looking at them suspect. You all are not using the authentic book of the Lord. My mom said to me one time, and I, not the, when I talk about my mom, don't get sidetracked, amen? We talk about the influences in our lives. Amen? We talk about them. She said to me, the King James Version is from heaven. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> it's the only book of the no, it's not. Glory be. It is a good version, praise God. And that's my preferred version. But I found out otherwise. So, they use the Septuagint instead of the Hebrew Scriptures. And while remaining loyal to Judaism, they had absorbed some of the Greek culture that surrounded them. Consequently, that made them suspect to the Palestinian or Hebrew Jews. Many of the Grecians had been in Jerusalem for the Passover and Pentecost after their conversion. So they came to Jerusalem for the Passover. And they got saved. They stayed. Mm? And the church began to swell. After their conversion, they decided to remain under the apostles' teaching. Others were older people who had returned to Palestine to live out their lives. They were the minority in the church, which helped explain why their widows were neglected. And somebody asked, is, is, is that a justifiable complaint? Yes, it was. Because in the pantry, only Palestinian Jews were there. The Hebrews, the Bible called them. They were the ones, because they were the minority, the Grecian Jews. So when they saw a Grecian Jew coming, <coughs> don't give them two bags of meat, one, one, one bag. <laughs> it, it happens, amen? It happens. <laughs> Who are the Hebrews? The Hebrews were the Hebrew-speaking Jews, Amen? <laughs> They use Hebrew as their first language, unlike the Grecian Jews. Now, this is the problem. This is the problem with the Hebrew Jews. Let me tell you that before. Let me make that statement before. Hebrews, in the Jews' effort to maintain their identity as a nation while under Roman occupation, retaining the Hebrew language and customs became very important to some and gave rise to this division of the Jews into two groups. What mattered to them most was nationality. And since we've got to be very careful, what mattered to the Jews most was culture. And not having an honest reputation, not being full of the Holy Ghost, and not being full of wisdom. You see, God's standards are different from human standards. Humans look on the outside, are you with me? But God knows... He looks at the heart and he knows to be good leaders. Notice one of the qualifications for the leaders was not that they were with the church from inception. Let me say that again. Not that they were there the longest. Well, some of you don't want to say amen. I know. I will say ouch. That's notice the qualifications because some people just don't grow. Growth takes effort. It takes being purposeful. It takes following God's agenda. It takes knowing what God requires and being humble enough to do it. It happens.
happened to me. I was in church for years. And I saw some guys got saved. And they just passed me, got into the ministry, put me in reverse. And I began to blame the devil. And even got jealous. But I mustered the courage. And I went to one of the young guys. I been grew up in church. The man came in church five years. Been to the ministry. Married. And I'm here looking at him. God, God, you look me over. Hurt. And I went to him and I said, you got to be doing something I'm not doing. And he said, what do you mean? I said, I've been in church. I grew up in church and you just came five, six years. And then he asked me, question, how do you spend your day? Well, I said, I go to work. Praise the Lord. From it to four. He said, I'm not talking about that. Everybody has to work. But after four, five to nine, what do you do? And my jaw fell, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. And when he gave me what he did, I said, no one, he knew the scripture, could regurgitate the word of God, talks and walks with authority. And I wanted that. But I thought it came by osmosis. I thought I would just stand there and dance in church. <laughs> and then God would say, ooh, bam. I got it. You know, because that's the way sometimes it's taught in church. Come down the line and I'll lay hands on you and you'll get knowledge. I think not so. Oh, glory be to Jesus. What we have to do is look at these institutions and the natural processes God places around us. Amen. So we can learn something. Look at the natural processes. There is a growth period. There is a waiting period. You matriculate through high school with me. And as you grow through your knowledge increase. It, it doesn't come by osmosis. When you graduate, cum laude, summa cum laude. Oh, whether it's thank you, Lord. Amen. Just thank you, Lordy. Well, bless God. I came out with a paper. Yeah, you, you, you are studied. That's why 2 Timothy 2.15, Paul told Timothy, study to show yourself what? Approved. Unto God, not to men, unto God. A workman who is not to be ashamed, but is able to rightly divide the word. Gamaliel, I spoke about in Gamaliel in Acts chapter 5. Gamaliel said this about Paul. Gamaliel said he had a problem with Paul. That's what Josephus, Eusebius, and one of the church fathers said. They said, Gamaliel said, I have a problem with Paul. And they asked him, what is your problem? He said, I cannot get enough books to give Paul to read. I'm moving right along here. I'm moving on. Let me move on. Amen. So the Bible says they began to. They began to do what? They began to. Express their dissatisfaction. Amen. And they begin to say something is wrong. Our widows are not being treated properly. Now who are these widows? Who are the widows? Listen to me carefully now. They are saying hey. The widows. The Greek speaking widows are not being fed properly. Amen. The Jewish widows, the Hebrew-speaking widows, they're okay. Praise the Lord. Now, these widows, I need to talk a little, bit, a little bit about these widows because sometimes we don't understand what's going on. The widows were women whose husbands did pass away. Either from persecution, from old age, or from war. Now, notice now, these 
widows especially in the sense that they can't support themselves or they don't have family to support them frankly speaking no widow could support themselves it was almost impossible for a widow to support herself in this culture Please take time to meditate on the Word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the Word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11. And the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850-408-8496.